Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to Rugby Pod. I'm Andrew Ryan, Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual. We're going to take a look at the Premiership action from the bank holiday weekend and chat about England and Scotland's international summers ahead. Plus, we're going to go Route 1 China and running all over the top of your face with Sale England and British and Irish Lions Centre Manu Tuolangi joining us. So peel back, open your cloth and make sure you've subscribed to Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. We've got our first live show in over 18 months coming up in a couple of weeks, and it's on the 23rd of June. It's sold out, but you can still get tickets to watch the show live from anywhere in the UK or around the world. Just visit dice.fm and search for the rugby pod. And roll the dice. Get it? 23rd of June. I've just got a question. 21st of June is basically get your slippers out. Actually, throw your slippers away. Everything's open again. It's Judgment Day. Well, it's, it's Freedom Day, isn't it? So... Surely, if he says release day, freedom day, 21st of June, we can sell a load more tickets as well. Bring a friend, but not a wife. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> How's your weekend, boys? How are? Did the sun get up to Scotland, Jim? Or Sun was out here. Andrew, I'm going to talk about my week before we can talk about your farm again. You love it there. Um, lads, hell of a week. Hell of a week. And you were part of that journey. So luckily for me, I was back doing what I do best. I was in the Lions camp interviewing the lads. They weren't overly keen to chat to me uh, because they got together on the Tuesday night. I was interviewing them on the Wednesday for the famous grouse, which was lovely. It was it was just lovely to be around testosterone-fueled athletes again. And you know, the weird thing about it was, it felt right, lads. Me being in a Lions camp, it just felt right. Just doing interviews. Just doing interviews. But let's brush over yeah. that. Because more importantly... I got, I got to see your good self, Andrew and Andy Rowe. Now, for the millions of listeners, right, who watched Friends Reunion. Did you watch Friends Reunion? I've not seen it yet, no. You need to watch it, lads, because it was genuinely like Friends Reunion. Because it's been a while, right? And anyone who watched Friends Re- Reunion on whatever channel it was on, Sky or whatever, I'm a big Friends fan. Well, Beck is. I'm a big kind of Joey Chandler and uh, Jennifer. All of them. I'm a big fan of all of them anyway. Having watched that and having spent some time with you two, it... It was very similar. Andrew, you good self. You're like, you've aged like Joey in the last 18 months. <laughs> I did see some pictures of him. How big? R- ridiculous. Yeah, Andy Rowe. He-, he was comfortable. Andy Rowe, you, Chandler, mate, sat there on Thursday when we were together, didn't say a word the whole time we were there, like Chandler. <laughs> David Swimmer, my good self. Gosh, he's a fine wine. Just thriving and that's how I felt lad seeing you so we we obviously met on the Wednesday or Thursday don't know when it was last week sometime and then got home watched that and I was just smiling and Beck said what you smiling I said that was us 
I said, that was me and the boys from the rugby pod. Producer Tim won't lad because he's got a kid. And, well, we've all got kids, but they're a little bit older. Andy Rye hasn't got a kid, but he's Chandler. And, I, lads, it was good to see us. What I'm trying to say is it was good to see him be reunited again. No, it was good fun. So, you know, started, that just got the taste buds going. A few G&Ts with, uh, you know, my closest work colleagues. Um, just led into the bank holiday weekend and, you know, a few drinks. And then you take the, the girls to a farm and then you end up in a pub talking to bank holiday because it's bank holiday i got invited well, i get invited every week to go and play touch with the lads because um monday we didn't record it's now tuesday recording i've gone to play touch rugby last night no word of a lie i have been on my back all day my my back's gone and beck's just finished work and we've gone into town for a bit of food earlier before i've come home and lay on my back and i've got anxiety walking around town she's like what's wrong with you i was like I've got this weird thing in my head that if someone starts on me back, that I'm not going to be able to fight. I'm not going to be able to fight back. So back to house. She's like, well, look, what a weird thing to say. Like, why are you so weird like that? But genuinely, I'm walking around because it's obviously a lot busier. I'm walking around town with anxiety because my back is in pieces. That if someone starts on me and the missus, I can't protect her. I can't protect myself, lads. So I just want to put it out there. I've got a match to play in August for the Matt Rattana Foundation. That's me. I'm done. Once that is out of the way, rugby, you're dead to me. I did an hour of touch and I'm, I'm happy to put it out there. I was an embarrassment, lads, genuinely. <laughs> well, nothing changes there, Jim, does it, to be honest? Yeah, but, you know, I've still had this, uh, you know, this thing that I could still still do it and still put it about. So we'll put it out there. It's official breaking news. I'm retiring. That's it from rugby. Apart Again? From this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, this will be breaking news now because there was still a chance. It's quite ironic, really, Jim, because you mentioned this earlier to me on the phone about the fact that you played touch and your back went. And it was only a couple of weeks ago, Andy Rowe, you were doing that Ironman. Was it an Ironman? What was it, Andy Rowe? I see where you're going with this. He's going to pull out on Ben Nevis again. I'm not pulling out of Ben Nevis. I'll walk up there backwards, lads. Let's <laughs> walk up there back. Oh, you're hard. Just you and exercise, playing rugby, doing something that you think you've got it all still. And you're in the Lions camp and you said it felt right. And it would have done 12 years ago. You got to remember that your 40 year old body now, it ain't the same as it was 14 years ago. And you were pretty bang average at fitness and things then, weren't you? But you could maul till the cows come home. There ain't no mauling in touch ruggers, is there? I've retired, lads. I've said it. I've put it out there now <laughs> to the millions. I'm retiring. I'm done. But let's just get it out there. Ben Nevis in two weeks' time. I'm walking up there backwards, back or no back. But I've got the Tour de FNL at the weekend. I've got 120 kilometer. Let's just call it a 500 kilometer cycle at the weekend. That's the warm up. Now, come wind, rained or back, I am peeling back and getting on the bike, peel back, and I'm cycling 120 kilometers. So I've got to live up to what my uncle Paul said, or my uncle John, whichever one it was. He said, I'm the, one of the artists who have done it. And you'll see me out there on the roads, lads. I'm all right. Well, before we get into the premiership games from the weekend, Gloucester. The game against Bath this weekend has been called off because of a COVID outbreak at King's Home. Do you guys know any more details on what's going on there? Well, I don't know who to blame, but Hartbury College have called their game off or it's been called off against Saracens, the big one at the weekend, and none of them got points, weirdly enough. Different in the championship or it's just because of Saris. Uh But yeah, obviously I know a little bit about the situation because it's been on the news and my best mate's the manager there. Ravo is also the COVID manager. So I was like, is this your fault? He's like, no, it's not anyone's fault. But um, look, obviously, we don't want to joke about it, do we? Because we don't know how 
poorly some of the players might be. But yeah, it's been called off. Uh, I think Bath have got the four points. If you're Gloucester, you're devastated because that win against London Irish at the weekend gave them hope of making the top eight, which would have meant Heineken Champions Cup rugby. And off the back of the transition that they've had and the season that they had at the beginning of the year, for me personally, obviously love the club, got uh, a lot of mates there. Uh, I don't know how it's going to unravel now, but ultimately the cases are in their camp and we know that the rules and the regulations around it would mean that they need to give up that match and the opposition get four points. The opposition will get four points, but I think Gloucester will get two from what's gone on before. So they're still in with a shout, Jim. Last game of the season, they'll play if they can play it. Um, and that, you know, your first thought is hoping everyone's okay in the Gloucester camp and, you know, it's not too serious uh, an outbreak and the people that have caught it are, you know, on the men pretty quickly. But Gloucester will get two points from this, which puts them up to 43. Uh, Wasps obviously are on 43 at the minute anyway. And Gloucester's last game is Worcester away, which Worcester haven't won a game since day one of the season. So, you know, it's still all to play for for Gloucester if they can overcome everything and get everything right for that last game of the season. If it's really bad and they have to miss the next two games, then, yeah, more than likely they are out the the race. Well, Bath were well beaten by Quinns at the weekend, which means the top four is officially sewn up. Jim, you must be pretty happy with that. Quinns are in, locked in. Yeah, I'm absolutely pumped, never in doubt. Um, what a game. A fair play to Quinns. Um, they've got a bit of underbelly now. I uh, saw a bit of Marla's belly hanging out in one of the scrums and that was the difference <laughs> towards the end, wasn't it, really? Do you know what I mean? You, you look at the physicality that they brought uh, because it was an open game. There was loads of tries. It was really great to watch on the eye, but ultimately um, it was the scrum at the end. We saw Adam Jones sweating profusely with all that hair in the mane. The cameras kept showing up on him, but um, look, fair play. You know, the, the Quinns aren't there by fluke. It's been a difficult season to get into that top four, to get into the top eight like we've just spoken about. And uh, I enjoyed it, Andrew. I, you know, Bath played some decent rugby as well when they won. Yeah, they did. Max Ajomo threw a lovely seed over the top four on the tries. Marcus Smith pulling the strings again for, for Quinns. And, and yeah, listen, the, the run that Quinns went on, they fully deserve their spot in the top four. Obviously, there was a change when Guzzi left earlier in the season and, you know, they've been galvanised since then, really, led by Marcus Smith. It's one of those things, you look at Quinns and they've got... So much X factor around how they play now. Yeah, you know, Don Brandt's offload for one of the tries as well was absolutely ridiculous, pure class. And they just pulled defenders out the line. Marcus Smith does it so well. Danny Kerr did at times. Landaho when he came on. Danny Kerr actually got hooked off after fifty odd minutes. Um, hooked. Yeah, hundred percent got hooked. His defence. Uh, he was playing well, ball in hand. But his defence. You you watch some of his defence. He it's like he didn't want to tackle. It was the old Quins of you know. We'll play touch, but we'll score more tries than you, so we'll win it, which you know doesn't win you knockout games, really, does it? So I think they leak a lot of tries, Quinns. They leak a lot of points, but they score a hell of a lot as well, which is good in the league phases. You get to a semi-final, um, and yeah, we're still waiting to see how it pans out, who's going to finish top, because obviously extra is still in the mix to finish top, who's going to finish second. So that whole one to four could move a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, Quinns, they deserve their place in the top four. They're rank outsiders, and I don't mean that in a mean kind of way. I just mean you look at the other three teams that have properly got some grit about them. Knockout rugby, when you leak in 30-odd points a game, which Quinns have done, uh, it's a different kettle of fish. So, uh, Andrew, I'll say it. This is the end of the road for Quinns. This is it. This is, oh, it. This horrible, is it. This is as good as it gets. I've said it. <laughs> You're horrible, Jim. Well, forget about the top four. Wasp's top eight chances were dealt a blow after losing at Northampton, weren't they, Goody? Yeah, they were. And there's uh, a few there's talking points. There's a few talking points. points. I know he's going to say is, this. There is. I enjoyed it superficially. Sun's out, guns out and all that. A few sunburnt heads. 
Dan Robson, our burnt is his head, but he's probably used to it now. He's been bowled for about two or three years. Andrew, he was like, Jim, there's a few talking points from this game. Ribbons in the line out and all this thing. Did you see this? I didn't see it. I didn't see it, lads. Just saw Northampton rock up and score some decent tries. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Northampton deserved to win. Let's let's set the scene first. Um, yeah, Courtney Laws was back uh, fit and firing, and I think he was ask, actually asking to come off towards the end because he was, I think it was his first game back, um, and he put in a hell of a stint in the you know turnovers, left, right, and centre. And you know, Saints deserve to win, but there's some key talking points. And when it is going to boil down to the minute details of you know the back end of the season now, where there's effectively a knockout game this weekend. Wasps play London Irish. Whoever wins that probably will end up in the top eight. And it's at London Irish. And then the last game of the season, Wasps play Leicester at the Rico, which is soon to be called the Coventry Building Society Arena. Oh, I used to have Cod Building Society. Actually, I still have. I've got about six quid in my account with Cod Building Society. Well, mate, six quid is now probably about six grand, Jim. You're, you're loaded. No, it's six quid now. It's, so it was, oh, it was right, obviously okay. minus 100 quid or minus 1,000 quid. I don't know. But yeah, I've had that since I was a kid. Cheers, mum. Yeah, so a few, yeah, a few talking points. So people point fingers at referees and TMOs. Graham Hughes was a TMO. Go on. And it, and it's literally like he was having a, the biggest poo ever in the last 15 minutes, whether he was watching it, whether he wasn't, whether he didn't want to check stuff. And it all boils down to 23-20 to Saints. They're ahead. Um, there's Everyone's talked about this shot that Bigger put on Umunga's head uh, with his shoulder in a rock, which they didn't even look at. And to me, it's not a red card. Yeah, Bigger's gone to clean him out. He's caught him in the head. You know, Ashton got sent off a few weeks back for something... Of a similar kind of dimension, but with, you know, Bigger's one was a lot less powerful. There was, you know, there wasn't much in it, but it was a penalty. It probably was a yellow card. Bigger then puts a lovely kick into the corner. Uh, Wasps have a line out five metres out from their own line. Shortened line out. Ball comes in from Tom Cruise. Will Rollins takes it. David Ribbons, who had a good game, is up in the air, slaps it down out of his hands. So it's either a penalty. It should have either been a penalty for slapping out of his hands. That ball then goes forward. Tom Wood picks it up, dives over, scores. Graham Hughes is like, uh, oh, oh, just, oh, just finishing my biscuit. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Play on, try. Yeah, carry on. Like he hadn't even watched it. So um, that then who's eating Saints... biscuits in that heat? Who is eating a biscuit? <laughs> well, he's probably he's probably at the ice cream van. To be fair to him, um, but yeah, I mean that puts Saints thirty points to twenty up, and Graham Hughes is one of the most experienced. Uh, TMOs in the land. Um, yeah, it seems, you know, you go back to the Newcastle Wasps game when Carreras has gouged Josh Bassett. Um, clear as day on, on TV. Graham Hughes hasn't even noticed it. He's like, no, no, he held him up. No, he, he held him up. It wasn't a try. No, no, he but he just said he's gouged him. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lee Blackett came out and said he was disappointed. It, you know, luckily Wasps, it's quite kind of interesting. Wasps get a penalty after the 80th minute. And I'm thinking, just kick the goal, take the three points, which gives you a losing bonus point, and they go to the corner. I'm like, boys, just take the three. But maybe Jacob Umunga didn't fancy the kick. Luckily, they end up scoring a try. And even again at the end, so they score the try. Willis scores a try. They go back for the kickoff. Then there's a high tackle. And Graham, it's a 100% a seatbelt tackle. So, And the TMO's been called in to say, is, is there a high tackle? He's like, no, no, it's over his shoulder, but no, it's fine, it's fine. Play on. And then they just... Give up the game. So Graham Hughes, uh, I think, you know, needs to have a long hard look at how he's, whether he, I don't know, is he watching the game? I don't know. Maybe he was at the ice cream van because it was so hot. Maybe you should be, be a TMO. Genuinely, I reckon you could be a good TMO. Would you want to do that or not? Mate, if the ice cream van's there, fucking get me, get me in. So yeah. 
but yeah, Saints deserve to win. Court de Lourdes was awesome. Um, you know, they'll qualify for Europe, obviously, but miss out on the top four, which they'll be frustrated about. Tight game for Leicester at Worcester as well, wasn't it? That is Leicester's bogey team, Worcester are, aren't they? Like yeah, they, they really are. And then Worcester started really well. Um, and it was a hot day on the plastic pitch. I actually thought Worcester looks all right. In attack, they, they look really good, but Leicester just go back to what they know now, which is so, I love seeing it. Uh, go back to old school scrum, line out drive, Genji gets close to the line, tapping and going, more into the cow sheds and back. And fair play, I think it shows Leicester's evolution um, that they can win games and not play overly well and go that far behind on the scoreboard against the bogey monsters, uh, the bogey men of Worcester against them. But I mean, Worcester got a lot of work to, to do, didn't they, really? They're losing Francois Hogar. He's going to be bringing up his white Lamborghini to. Cov or Leamington or he might stay where he is Andrew in Cheltenham I'm not too sure yeah a lot of work for Worcester to do they've got some good signings coming in next year Worcester and I think JT Jonathan Thomas the coach will be looking forward to just getting this season done and dusted uh, you know Scott Baldwin's coming from Quinn's good player obviously you've got Duan van der Merwe going there That they've made some decent signings for next year Johnny Belt as well yeah, that's huge Gloucester, for them as well. He's at Glasgow, but he, he's apparently an unbelievable coach, so he's going as well. That's huge for them. So they've now lost 20 on the spin, which is brutal in the Premiership. You know, I don't know, some of them have been, co- there's two, probably two or three in there that have been COVID results-based games, but the facts of the matter are they've won game one of the season and they haven't won since. So they'll be glad to get it over. And again, I, I think you can look at a team like Worcester. I think they were 17-6 up after about 45 minutes. And if there's, and this is my big gripe around what's happening in the Premiership at some point, and we'll get clarity on the decisions from next year. If there's nothing to play for, it doesn't really matter that you've lost. And you see that from Worcester at the minute. I'm not saying they, they're they trying to lose games because they're not, but the pain of losing games isn't quite as big when there's no jeopardy of relegation. Um, and you just continually get on this run of we lost another game. Does it matter? It does matter. Of course, it does on a Monday. It's, it's tough to go through the the review, but you know there's no end consequence. So, I think a team like Worcester, when you're seventeen six up at home to to Leicester, and, and it's a relegation battle for you or whatever, you perhaps don't lose that game. Or you, you know, I'm not saying that they tr- you try harder, but there's when there's more jeopardy, you, you know, you, you get more from the fans. You get more from yourself from the inside and I just think that's why we've seen two games this weekend you know Worcester that Worcester game you'd expect them to to, to go and win it and it was a, a a change Leicester team as well wasn't it they they picked a few sort of second choice players and then the Newcastle fixture as well where I, ju- I just worry about ring fencing and, and seeing games like that that don't mean so much when, when you've lost so that's the one thing for me and, and Worcester will look forward to next season hopefully and I hope there's jeopardy of, of relegation but I don't think there will be Big shout out to Ted Hill though his try was brilliant and he looks the real deal Well, 20 losses on the spin which changing would you rather be in Worcester or Newcastle losing 74-3 on Sunday to Exeter Worcester <laughs> Mate I, I don't know they're both my old teams to be fair I'd, I'd You'd rather be in Newcastle. Newcastle's still got a very outside You'd slim rather chance. be in Newcastle's, would you, having had 74 points put on you? I wouldn't even take my pants off. Well, if you if you noticed, the Newcastle team was a change-up team, so I wouldn't have been in the Shags, mate. The Shags went down to Exeter and got 74 put on them. I'd have been in the starting team for the big games. The, I only played home games when I was at Newcastle. I'd have been like, lads, great effort. You know, you, you tried hard. You, you took 70. The big boys are back this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, 74. I actually do feel Um, like we're joking, but I do feel for them. Like, you look at Exeter, they've gone full goo. They've got a crowd in for the first time. 
And Newcastle yeah. have come to the furthest away team that they could, probably in their cars. I don't know. That's how they always used to travel around in the cars and the buses with their second string team. Floody, fair play, got three points at the start of the game. And <laughs> they got done which way you want to look at it. Up the guts, up the jumper, pick and goo, around nine, on the wing. I mean, how many tries? Was it 12 tries or something? Exeter, phenomenal. Um, obviously, Ali Hefer mentioned it at the end of the game. Um, they're now trying things towards and Slady mentioned it as well um the funny thing that I thought about it was not the funny thing that they were talking up Newcastle's D or oh, they're you know the K and they're really physical and, and mate you've just put 74 points on them what do you mean <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh it was a training run at times wasn't it and and you know okay Newcastle fronted up a bit but do you know what it was to me it was a bit of a Exeter's kind of flag in the sand saying yeah there's all these other clubs here everyone's talking about Bristol how good they are everyone's talking about Quinns the run there on how physical sale are as well and Exeter showed everything in that game like you said Jim the power game the pick and goo the the razzmatazz at times as well some of the touches from Slade were ridiculous um, Joe Simmons as well was phenomenal the only thing I was really disappointed in why Sam Simmons only got one you know he could he should have had four just give him just give him the ball boys you know let's make this record that he's got now even bigger um, so yeah, they, they were phenomenal. Uh, and it's basically saying we're back in front of our fans. We're a champion team. Um, you know, it's the first time their fans would have seen them live since they did the double last year, which was a phenomenal achievement, which now has been parked, hasn't it? Because new season, you just move on and everyone, you don't kind of forget, but they're in a different battle now, aren't they? they obviously Toulouse are European champions now and they've lost that crown. So yeah, it's, we're here. These are our playoffs. We've been in the, the last hour of many finals. Um, and we are the team to beat. So it was a decent reminder to all the other three teams in the playoffs that they're the big dogs. Well, we'll have a chat to Manu Tualangi shortly, but how'd you, he's back on the weekend. Good to see him back on the pitch and sales win over Bristol. But all I oh, know good. is he came on. It was great to see him back. He comes on, he obliterates Max Malins in a ruck, and then they go and score a try and win the game from there. So, um, yeah, however much they're paying Manu, it's, it's not enough, Alex Anderson. Pay him more. He's just signed a two-year deal, hasn't he? So, he, great he to see him back. And it was a hell, hell of a ding-dong, wasn't it, on Friday night? Um, you know, half-time, it was nil-nil. And, then, you know, when you look at that scoreline and you think, how oh, shit is that? You know, imagine some of the Pro 14 games that are nil-nil at half-time. You're probably thinking it, it is a terrible game. But actually watching it, it was the best nil-nil. You know, there was end-to-end rugby. There was physicality there was you know Bristol were chucking the kitchen sink at, at sale sale defending like their lives dependent on it um it was a phenomenal game of ruggers for from two of the teams that could meet again in the playoffs dependent on where both teams finish I, I loved it actually what about man of the match Jean-Luc Dupré have you ever seen a man take a kickoff and run through about 15 people like I have Jim I have when Jim Hamilton against India, India. India <laughs> there ain't many that can do it but all I'm saying every time he got the ball I was like my goodness me because most of the time and even under Alex Anderson you're thinking just set the kickoff up just set it up just take it into contact hit the deck as, as Jim hit the deck hit the deck as hard as you can so you don't get blasted back five or six meters you've done well to catch it start off with them you normally it bounces off your head well, generally, yeah, you've, you're right. If it's rolled along the floor, it's come off my head and someone else has caught and I've just carried them in. <laughs> John Luke Dupre, watch that monster carry a rugby ball. My goodness me, hard as nails. Um, and, and that's what makes it really interesting, doesn't it? Like in terms of, you know, we're talking about Bristol and Sale. And we're obviously throwing Exeter. Don't be horrible to Quinns, but they don't stand a chance against any of them three. And 
you look at the, the different styles of play, you know, that defense from Sale and the physicality, and you've got Faf, friend of the show, at nine. Sale could do it, you know. Bristol's had a few talking points. Obviously, Semi, Ranrandra, my goodness me, should he have had a red? Well, there was a lot of kerfuffle going on with the TMO, weren't there? Yeah, there was. And you're looking at it, and I was trying to work out, could you give two yellow cards in the same phase of play? Because he obviously got yellow carded for the secondary high tackle uh, in the 22. And Christoph Ridley, the ref, he didn't want to look back at that. He was like, no, I'm happy that that's a yellow card. That's why he's gone to the bin already. Um, but the other one, I, you know, it's millimetres, isn't it? You know, you, could it have been a red? Yeah, but it's, but it's you've seen more him give, about... You've seen him given for that. You have what? seen him given for that without a shadow of a doubt. So I feel for Christoph Ridley. I felt for him in the match because he seemed a bit flustered, right? And it's all well and good having the TMO coming in and you can hear that on the TV. What I wonder, Andrew, and you might be able to answer this. So Austin's obviously one of the best in the business, right? He picks stuff up. He has an yeah. opinion, apart from the, the, the European Cup final where he was calling for a penalty that never was at the end of the game. If the lads are on comms calling, oh, that's a red card, or oh, they need to go and look at that, I think the TMO can hear them. I think there's almost like yeah, they a can. part of... Well, there you go. Because on Semi's second tackle, which was um, a flying arm on the cover tackle, which he got binned for as well, which was a, a sim binning as well, the TMO is telling Christoph to go back and look at that, I think, off the back of the commentators. Christoph didn't want to go back to it. Then he's like, rough. right, I've got to go back to it. Um, yeah. And you've got him and you've got Hamish, the lad with the old bolts but as, as well. And there was just too many voices. I'm all for the linesman coming in. I'm all for the TMO coming in. But I actually felt for Christoph there because there was so much going on and they had to manage to make a big call. Who's, saying, who's sending Semi off? That's all I want to know. Ian Tempest was the TMO. And I think the big thing around it is the TMO can hear the BT Sport commentators. And I, th- I generally think that needs to change. Yeah, I agree with you, Goody. But it's not a red card. It's millimetres away from being a red card. Um, it just catches him on his chest as opposed to initial contact on his chin. But you've seen him give him red cards. We can have a chat now with the man who made his much-anticipated return from injury in that one. Sale, England and British and Irish Lions centre Manu Tuolangi joins us. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Mate, it's great to see you back on the field. Sale, they've made the top four. Basically, you're losing the game against Bristol. Manu comes on, obliterates a rock and you win the game. <laughs> it's, it's all down to you, isn't it? That first half was massive for us and... Um, that's that's where we won the game. Let's talk about the obvious, the long injury that you've had off the back of a few tough injuries for you. Uh, firstly, how amazing was it to be back and get a bit of open field as soon as you got on to test the Achilles out? <laughs> but And also, how tough's it been, mate? Because I think, I don't know how much of the media you, you see or you even need to see, but you've had, a, you've had a torrid time of injuries. We've, you know, Me and Goody have been a small part of your journey, watching you grow up and stuff like that and watching you turn into one of the best players in the world. And part of that narrative has been around some of your injuries, which has been unfortunate. How tough has this one been and how good is it to be back? Yeah, being back was amazing for me. Um, just to be out there with, with the boys, even just getting out there in, on the training field with them. Been watching them for the last six, seven months. Um, the way the boys have been playing to finally um, be able to try and uh, and help them. Um, it was massive. I feel very blessed to to, to be back playing again. Um, having a lot of injuries um, for me has helped me a lot um, mentally. You know, in, in the past, it, you know, it wasn't very. I, I couldn't handle it um, in the past, especially early early on in 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 my career, which you know probably contributed to 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 the bad things that happened in my career. 
um, of the field. But I think this time, having that experience, you know, just try, just stay positive. You know, whatever's going to happen will happen. And uh, I'm a massive believer of, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. So for me, just getting back was it was an amazing feeling. And coming back from an injury like a, an Achilles injury that you had, so serious, and it's ended a lot of careers previously, hasn't it? So it's a massive thing to get back and, and a player of your stature and size and the way you play to be able to get back to looking so good again. Um, but I'm reading and hearing that you started some salsa dancing to try and help with the Achilles. I'm like, I can't imagine that. All, I, all I'm remembering is Freddie Tulangi doing his dances and there's, there's Manu doing some salsa. Manu would have watched me and the boys in life just unleashing on the dance floor. He, he was taking notes, he had his colouring book with his nappy on thinking, I'm going to use that one day. And you are. Yeah, it, it was tough. Like, it was the, the Achilles... I couldn't believe it when it happened and just been told, oh, your Achilles is, is, is ruptured. I was like, oh, great, and another one. But the the, the guys at Sale, Nav, the physio, that, had, that you know, rehab my my Achilles, has been, it's been amazing. He's a genius. We had all sorts of stuff. The salsa, um, hiking in the Peak District, just to get a strong, like, walking before I run. Made sure I walk. 20 of or 30k in a week before before I come back running again but salsa was uh, was the last was the last one to just to get the moving without thinking about it too much because the salsa is you're always on your on your toes it works the works the calves you know instead of standing still in the in the gym and uh, doing hundreds of calf raises that came up with the idea of um, you know, one of the the, the guys at uh, the physio there is Mrs. Um, teaches uh, salsa. So uh, Charlotte, Charlotte came in, and uh, you know, fair play to her. <laughs> Done the first lesson, and I came home, and uh, uh, the guy Ben, I I sent Elvis my dog to. He rang me up to update on my my dog, and he was like, "How's how's salsa going?" And I was like, I don't fucking know that. I've just had one. (laughs) 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 And apparently I said to my my missus, like, how do you know that? And uh, I said shit on on, uh, social media. Uh, Alex Anderson has just done the interview straight after that. And he's just (laughs) told everyone that I'm doing. (laughs) And they told everyone as well that I'm doing a dance for the boys. So after... Five or six weeks, I, I had to do a, a performance for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't. I've never been, never been so nervous in my life. But it was, good to, it was, it was uh, good to cheer the boys up. I'm sure. Manu, well, I need to get the contact details. I don't know if you've seen my calves recently, but they've disintegrated in the last four years. So <laughs> ideally, I could do with that because I'll be honest, I'm struggling to even get out of bed these days. But um, it's quite funny and it's great to see you smiling and great to see you laughing. And it's I think people listen to this, but also people watching you get back to the field from all perspectives of fans whether you're a Sale Sharks fan a Leicester Tigers fan an England fan and maybe even a British and Irish Lions fan as well but Alex Anderson you mentioned there and I think we can all see what he's done to the club in a short space of time how positive has it been with him at the helm how positive has it been for you obviously signing another two-year contract while still being injured but he speaks about you I mean I know he 
he speaks highly about you when we're at Saracens, but you know him being at the club now, how big has that been for you personally, but also the club as a whole? He's unbelievable, genuinely. One of the best coaches you, you come across. Um, he's a genuine bloke, like a good bloke, a good person, which is first and foremost. And then his, his brain, is the way he goes about his coaching and his teaching, the way he, he get the boys together. It's amazing because you can see on the field how together we are. And that's um, that's what he is trying to, to build here. I think, you know, with him, with uh, Alex coming from uh, such a successful environment, um, I think he wants to create that and more. Um, and I think it's, um, it's showing, you know. I'm so happy to, I'm so happy where I am. You wake up and you, you, you want to go in. You want to go. It makes it makes it so much easier because that you can't you can't buy that. You know, it's special. And 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 for me, I'm just blessed to to be here and you know with uh, with him uh, coaching. You talk about that togetherness and everything, and we're coming towards the end of the season now, and you know the playoffs that you're in. Uh, we just got to kind of work out where Sale are going to end up in the playoffs, whether they're going to be at home or away, and who they're going to play against. But one of the things you've talked about, you know, going in together and being part of this team that's really grown under Alex Anderson. You had a trip up Snowdonia recently, um, which some of the boys have come out and said it was the hardest thing they've ever done. You know, going up there and seeing the sunrise. How tough was that? Cause I used to fucking hate stuff like that. I'm no. like, I'm a rugby player, not not a walker of hills, but <laughs> part of your rehab has been doing that. Isn't it? So you must have loved it. No, I, I, I went down to the trip. We had two days there. You know, the last day was the was the climb up uh, Snowden, but the whole squad went there. Like even us, the the injured boys, we had training there. We had a, a fun couple of days, and you know, we we listened to ex army, ex marines. We listened to Alan that he took he takes people to to the North Pole. That's that's the biggest part of um, what Alex is doing is. It's bringing different things in, not not just rugby, um, not just rugby, rugby, rugby. It's trying to see other things and try and relate that to 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 us as a team and trying to bring that that togetherness. And um, I didn't do the the climb, but the boys said it was um, it was tough, the toughest thing that that uh, they have ever done. It's hard enough climbing it. In, in daylight, let alone climbing at, at night time. <laughs> Trying to, to stay together as a team to make sure that everyone gets up there safely as well because it's, it, it's literally, it's rocks. And the boys, funny thing, they said that the journey back, literally when the boys got on the bus, no one said one word. <laughs> <laughs> no one said one word until they, they got back to, to Carrington and... I think that's how, how how tough it was. Didn't someone have to carry Fafta Fafta Clerk up or not? That's the rumor that I heard. I don't know whether that's true or not. Someone had to carry Cradle Fafta Clerk up like a baby. We had him on the podcast, so no we can way. talk about him because he's a friend. He was probably up there first, knowing oh. Fafta very competitive. I'd have been with you, Manu, saying, "Send me the picture from the top boys. I'm staying in bed." <laughs> <laughs> Manu, let's talk about some of the headline stuff then that comes out when. I'm going to speak about you in the third person. When Manu Tulangi takes the field, everything starts getting spun again, doesn't it? England, the British and Irish Lions Tour. You know, we've had a personal chat about the British and Irish Lions Tour a couple of years ago um, about your appetite to be on one of them tours. Now, it's probably a little bit early in your kind of rehab and return back to play. 
Is that carrot still there for you though, Manu? Do you know what I mean? If you get back and, and find some form, and again, without speaking for you or other people, um, you're obviously an asset to any team. Is that opportunity there? Is that something that you're looking at? I mean, hundred percent. You know, if you know, for me, if I if I know that I'm fit and I know that I'm I'm ready, and you know, to be given the opportunity, you know, it's it's not an opportunity that, that uh, comes lightly, and you know, it's it's an honour to obviously to to represent such a, a unique um, team, and you know, it's the pinnacle of of rugby um, in the northern hemisphere, and you know, if for me, if I'm fit and ready. Given the opportunity, yeah, hundred percent, it would be um, it would be an honour. Has Gats been in touch at all? Um, I know there's a load of emails that went round <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. Are you? As he mentioned, come on, Manu, we're all friends. You stand by list. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, um, I think um, for me, I've just got to focus on the. Uh, he got that an email. On Manu got an email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mate, you'll be making uh, millions of Lions fans delighted that there's, there's uh, conversations going on at least. Oh, man. But yeah, you know, it'll be amazing. But for me, I, like I said before in, in a lot of interviews, that for me, it's just one game, one training session, one game at a time. Because, you know, the way I, I, I have been uh, with injuries and stuff, I, I really got to have to focus on trying to complete every day. Yeah, you've got to be like that, I think, man. I know we're jesting here and we're trying to get something and I think it's the desperation to see you kind of flourish because you're 30 now. Can you believe... Manu, I just literally felt like yesterday where you were in your nappy (laughs) and we were around your brother's house and barbecue and you're there in your nappy. What are you colouring? But I'm sat there like a king. (laughs) Just getting beer and food brought to me by your good self and Henry was like just pointing at you to go and get it, mate. You've come a a long way. But where is the appetite now? So you've signed a couple of years. Um, If you you can map it out and, and we're chatting a little bit about it here, have you got kind of in your mind where... You see your sunset. Uh, I think for me, obviously, I've just signed a, a new contract here at Sale, and you know, I'm I'm happy. I really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed uh, playing rugby. Just getting back playing rugby, and uh, for me, that that's the most important thing. And you know, whatever happens after this couple of years, um, we'll see. But at the moment, I'm really enjoying it. You're obviously you're very happy at sale now and the Tuolangi family is is you know ingrained in Leicester's history you know I know Freddie's turning 50 soon isn't he um I've sent him a message on to Brian his, his son sent me a message said can you send me a video wishing Freddie happy birthday so I've done the uh, all I want to do is a zoom 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 and a boom boom because that's all <laughs> Freddie ever says um but how hard was it how hard was it at the time for you to leave Leicester you know under the circumstances um and it's great to see the smile back on your face up at sale but Leicester will always be in your heart as well won't it 100% it was tough you know my brothers um all of us have, have played um for the Tigers so you know it wasn't a, wasn't an easy decision but for me, it was the right decision. Leicester will always have a place in, in my heart, 100%. You know, it's just uh, unfortunate what happened, but that's life and you, uh, you you move on. Just looking at the time that you spent at Leicester, and I mean, Jim shared some of his memories of when he was at Leicester and you were in your nappies and colouring inbooks. What, <laughs> um, what memories do you have of Goody and Jim back in the day? <laughs> 
You can uh, say anything. You can you can give uh, us whatever stories you want. Just don't hold not back. Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just meeting Jim, and I was like, "What the fuck? This guy's fucking massive." Uh, <laughs> and shit. He just kept staring at me. And, and how, how funny is that that you're saying that with your your brother, cousins, uncles, nieces, and nephews? They're all bigger than me. And did you think the same thing when you first saw Goody as well? <laughs> what massive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was that big back then, son. Goody had a good hair back then as well. <laughs> I mean, watching it fall out, Manu, how it did, I don't think you've seen that in Samoa. It, I think genuinely they would have thought an alien might have landed on the islands. So <laughs> let's just talk about some of the players that are playing at the minute. Now, again, a little bit kind of headliney when you talk about the best centres in the world, uh, your name will often pop up, which is amazing. For you, when you look at some of the centres that you've played against uh, that are, they're out there playing now, who do you rank up there in the kind of top two or three? Um, uh, in terms of the the Northampton, I'd say Slaney is definitely up there for me. Really? That's interesting. I'm not saying that's surprise. I'm saying that with everything that's happened with Slady not being picked for the Lions. If you're saying that he's one of the best players, give us a reason why. Why is Slady so good? Mate, just watching him play and like playing alongside him, you know, skillful. He, he's got it all. He doesn't look it, but he's physical as well um, as being being skillful. And against, so when you're playing for England and you're playing against the All Blacks and South Africa and Scotland, all the big teams, anyone where you're like, right, I need to be on it today, or you're a little bit worried? Uh, I think that Ireland, I'd say, definitely Bandy and and, uh, and Henshaw. What about me running down your channel for Scotland? Do you remember me taking that short ball? Do you remember? Do you remember me taking that short ball, man, around the corner or not? You might not remember it, but um, I remember it. I think I got put into next week and my shirt was ripped off and I lost my boot as well. But <laughs> nonetheless, I got touched by you. Massive hypothetical, but how much how much would you love to see like the eligibility rules change one day so that one day you could like surely you'd love to play for Samoa one day? I think for me, you know, uh, England gave me the opportunity. Uh, I think that's it for me. Is that a no then, Manu? Is that is that a no? <laughs> this is this is the thing. Manu knows how big time he is now. He's like Freddie's on the phone. Who's his agent? Global Bros. Say anything, but don't say everything. That's it. <laughs> so, Manu, would you would you go back to play for Samoa or not? If they if if Eddie Jones was like Manu, mate, we've had enough. Slady's unbelievable. Samoa, get on the phone, get on the blower, and say, Manu, come home, son. You're in. Yes or no? Oh Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> you have to give us a yes or a no, and then we can talk about your gin. Oh, let's let's talk about the gin. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the gin. I'll take him out. That he means yes. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the gin. And obviously, we mentioned your brothers earlier, uh, and you're part of the gin company, Tuolangi Gin. Uh, how did it come about, um, and how do we get our hands on it? Because there's nothing better than a probably a Tuolangi Gin and elderflower tonic for me. That that'd be my tipple. No, it's uh, it's Freddie really. Generally, the reason that he decided to do the Tuolangi Gin because he drinks so much of it. Uh, <laughs> it's just generally he was he's drinking so much of it that. He was having a chat with, him, with the Graham, the guy that he's done it with. He's having a chat with him like, Freddie, drink so much gin. Why don't you do your own gin? And he's like, because I'll drink it. I'll drink it all. So there'll be none left. <laughs> he, he loves it, mate. Um, so, yeah, that's how it come about. 
but yeah, it's it's, it's going well. Just send him a text, Gooley, and he'll, he'll, he'll send you guys some gin and some rum. Rum now as well. Oh, is not too rum, many rum, rum as well, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick I'll to turn the gin. Into Jimbo, mate. I'll turn into Jimbo after some rum. You don't want to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matty. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. And great to see you back out in the field. And hopefully, uh, well, no doubt we'll see you in South Africa, won't we? Thank you very much for having me, guys. Thanks, Manu. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate it. Great to see you back, mate. Cheers, man. Yeah, we'll see you in that line shirt, no doubt. <laughs> and he's been playing for Samoa at 38 as well love it <laughs> playing prop playing prop it doesn't yeah. matter you're still playing we've heard it here All first right. Manu's going to be playing prop for Samoa you and Logo cheers brother cheers lads right. cheers pal this episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle as your business grows you might start seeing some lag there's too much work for your team too many different processes and it takes forever to close the books if this sounds like you you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And 1, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Top bloke, eh? Top lad. Salt yeah, the earth. Absolute legend. Yeah. Is our man who gave us loads there. Basically, he's on the plane to South Africa. Um, <laughs> he doesn't rate anyone apart from Henry Slade and Bundyaki and the other Irish guy, Henshaw. And he's going to be playing for Samoa. He gave us all the exclusives there. And that the gin, basically there's none left. So if anyone wants to buy the two Langley gin, there's, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Freddy's drank it so, Yeah, Freddy's drank it buy the rum instead and you'll be hung over for about 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> Salt of the earth is our Manu. Yeah, he is. I, I love the two Langley boys. Um, yeah, I haven't played with them all. You know, and you see Manu, now, every time you see him, he's just got a massive smile on his face, hasn't he? So it's so great to see him back fit. He's such an effervescent character. Uh, you know, not a care in the world. You, all the injuries he's had, he's like, I'm just happy playing rugby. 
I just love his accent as well. You know, there's some Owen Lester coming out of him. He does sound a bit German. Like, it's kind of a mix. It's like, <laughs> it's like my multilingual. Das ist der Kuck, das ist dein Schlaschi, ploppisch, laberisch, he sounds nothing like that, Jim, to be honest. No, very true. He has got the Leicester accent. Yeah, great to see him back. Imagine playing with him. Just give me the fucking ball, Chief. And then he's I just laughing. I did play with him. He's giggling 24-7. So, uh, great signing for sale. I know there was obviously a, a big pull for him to leave Leicester. And it was you know, tough on the old heartstrings and stuff. But, you know, with Alex Anderson at the helm and and what they've done to get Manu fit again, thinking outside. Imagine Manu salsa dancing in front of the lads. You wouldn't be taking the piss, would you? You'd be like, mate, Manu, that was awesome. That's, you know, I'm giving yeah, you a 10 you, for that, Manu. <laughs> you'd be clapping. You'd be clapping, but you'd be pissing yourself under your shirt. But that's what I mean. I think, yeah. look, as a as a fan, Goody, and having played with Manu and watching him flourish and turn into arguably the best player in the world in his prime, seeing what he's gone through with his injuries because of the way that he plays, like, I wanted to ask them questions, like, yeah. I want to see him go on a Lions tour. I want to see him in South Africa carving up. Do you know what I mean? I want to see him playing for England again. Oh, he sounds like he's going. too far. It, it did sound like he was going, didn't it? Did uh, yeah. it or did it he not? Didn't, he didn't say it, but you read between the lines, and I'm pretty good at reading between the lines and the lions. He's going. He's on that plane at some point. But uh, yeah, great fun having him on. Well, Eddie Jones will be naming his England squad for the summer's test series against USA and Canada shortly. So is there anyone that you guys are particularly hoping will be in there? Oh, it'll be interesting from a forwards perspective. Andrew, you can add some more into the mix. Alex Dombrandt? Yeah, got to be. Second rows will be interesting as well. With the injuries to, um, obviously, Launchbury, with Johnny Hill going. Elliot Char- Charlie Hills. Yeah, Charlie Hills will go, won't he? Charlie Hills, yeah. This is the thing with Eddie Jones. What what do you do? Because you've got players like Billy Vanapola, like... George Ford, um, you know, boys that have just that, that his top tier of player or his perceived top tier of player that haven't made the Lions tour. Do you give them the summer off, or do you just you know we're playing USA and Canada, so effectively you'd expect our under 16s could beat him without being. Why are you being horrible, Jim? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I just hope they, I hope they come and do well because I love the USA. Well, I don't. I like the idea of going to Texas and putting a cowboy out, and that's as close to get to America. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Marcus Smith, I want to see him at 10. Um, you know, Ahead be... of Joe Simmons? Oh, I'd like to see them both have a dig, actually. Uh, and I think, do you know what? At the minute, Marcus Smith deserves a shot at being the first choice 10, um, you know, in the starting game, the first game. So, you know, Joe Simmons is class as well. Uh, you've got two youngsters there. Give them both a go. You know, get them in the squad. Give George Ford a rest. Um, you know, you're not going to learn anything about George Ford by playing him against USA and Canada. Players like that deserve a shot. Um, you know, Palo Adogu, give him, a, give him a cap. You know, you got him in the Six Nations, didn't pick him. Had him there, picking up 16 grand a week, which he was very happy with, but no ruggers. Um, in the backs as well, Dan Robson, give him a shot at nine now. You know, or Ben Spencer, bring him back because you took him to the World Cup final. And then I'd, I'd like to see Ben Spencer in the mix. Scotland squad to face Georgia and Romania was named today, Jim. What'd you make of it? Oh, well, there's a few interesting shouts in here because there's a few lads that are English slash Scottish slash don't want to be English. Ewan Ashman's a big one. Came out in the news that Eddie Jones was desperate for him to be English. He was like, no, I'm not hearing it. I'm from Scotland, pal. Um, and he knows that Scotland are better. So he's gone with them. Nick Autorak, um, English, now Scottish. Loosehead at Northampton. He's done the rounds a Jim little Hamilton. bit. Jim Hamilton. 
No, I've told you I have officially retired. But a couple of other big ones, Josh Bayliss as well. Um, he's been class for Bath. He was class when he came on at the weekend. Yeah, um, quick as well. Another big one, actually, uh, who's played really well for Leicester under the radar, Cameron Henderson. Really, really impressed with him. So there's a few forwards there. Some good backs. Jack Blaine, been class for Edinburgh. Uh, Cole Forbes, interesting one. He came over from Super Rugby. Um, I think he was in the All Blacks under-20s, been carving up for Glasgow, uh, and now he's going to be Scottish. Of course he is. He's a Kiwi, so you're in. Rufus McLean, another good player. Matt Scott back in, for, who's been playing well at Leicester Tigers. Uh, Kyle Stain, his quality on the wing. He's back fit. Either way, they're going to have a hell of a time. Romania, Georgia. Here we go. Last time we were in Romania, we saw Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, I think. And last time I was in Georgia, Bobby Skinstad nearly got us thrown out with the Barbarians, but it was hell of a tour and probably a story for another time. So, interesting times. Two of your very few test victories, Jim, weren't they, Georgia and Romania? So, yeah, reminiscent. They were it. Not few, they were it. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> a big apology to all our listeners then, because I think we've just lost most of them uh, with you going through some Scottish boys that no one's ever heard of, Jim. So, um, good effort. Come well, on, Scotland. We'll see in three or four years' time when we win the World Cup. And uh, these players will come through and come to the fore, Andrew. You can't take the test, mate. We put 50 <laughs> points on you in the Six Nations. There's a few big names floating around in the rumour mill this week, though, isn't there? Uh, we've not done the rumour mill for a long time. Let's get some more headlines, eh? Let's just throw a few out there. Sergio Parise to Quinns. Now, you what? You've got, I, well, I'll tell you now. I don't. Next car for Paul's, my, my mate Sergio, I'm going to ring him and say, mate, look, I've got experience in this. My back's gone. If I was a horse, they would shoot me. That's all I know, if you can say that. Um, but you are Sergio Parise. You do suit London. Get to Quinn's, mate. You're in. And I'll come down and we'll spend some time together and, and VIP it. I can't see that. Not with Don Brunt there. And, you know, all due respect to Sergio Parise, he's about 46 now. It's a rumour, though, Andrew. Yeah, it's a rumour. I'm just saying I can't see it. Denny Solomona possibly leaving sale to go to Bristol's. Not that they haven't got any wingers, Bristol's, because they've got yeah. no longer ridiculous. I suppose Max Malins is going back to salary, my old salary cap um, next season. So that'll free up that slot. So that's that's possible. Denny Solomon is a, when he's on form, he's quality as well. Some of his finishes have been unbelievable. I've not seen um, him, Andrew. I ain't seen him. Well, he hasn't played a lot Solomon. this year. Yeah, I know. But in general, he's not a player. Maybe I've not looked at it enough and thought, you know, he's as good as everyone makes out. But anyway, what do I know? Well, right, shall we finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly then? Yes, let's. Uh, loads of good as ever this week in the world of rugby. And we're going to start off in Australia. We've bagged the Australians a lot recently. They've lost all their games in the Trans-Tasman Super Rugby competition to the Kiwis. But this week, the Queensland Reds, they absolutely dominated the Chiefs. Well, they didn't. They were dominating them at halftime, 33-3. Um, they broke the duck for the Australian teams by beating the Chiefs. So yeah, tip the slipper to Queensland Reds. Um, what else was good this weekend? We'll go over to Italy and Jim's favourite Italian team. They didn't win a game in the Pro 14, I don't think, but they have continued their renaissance and they are dominating the Rainbow Cup, Jim. They beat yeah, Connacht this weekend, yeah. 20 points to 12. They're sitting top of the tree in that with two rounds to go. I think they only play one more game. I don't know how that competition works. I kind of tried to look at it. Is it the top two that finish and just go straight to the final? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it is. And so they're top of the minutes. So they've got comp. a chance. They're flying the flag. Hola and all that. Bongiorno. Hola? Hola Spanish. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, that will do. They must have a Spanish international playing for him. So tip the slipper to Benetton. Um, what else was good in the? We'll stay in the Rainbow Cup actually. Glasgow and Munster they got wins over the Dragons and Cardiff that respectively. Yeah, so they're chasing they're chasing Benetton down um, to see who is going to finish top or maybe top two. I don't even know who goes to the final. Probably can't play the South African teams because they're not part of it, but they are part of it. Eat out to eat out, but stay home. Don't play the South. Put your mask on, but put it down by your Adam's apple, but don't eat out. <laughs> exactly. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, tip the slipper to Glasgow and Munster. Um, we'll go back to the Premiership now. Uh, and we're going to go, of course, we're going to go to one of my old clubs. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And not just the club, an individual player. Thomas Young's worldy of an offload to put Dan Robson in for a try definitely gets fluke. a mention. That was a fluke. Um, it wasn't a fluke, mate. Thomas Young no, has wasn't. got skills. Um, but some good. good news, some other good news is Dan Robson got engaged at the weekend as well. Can't wait for the stag, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Sod the wedding, Dan. Just get us on the stag, do. Uh, he's punching away above his weight and, you know, lovely girl. And he had to get the stepladder out to um, to propose as well because he's a bit shorter. But yeah, congratulations to Dan Robson on getting engaged. Um, what else is good? Exeter and Henry Slade especially. A uh, bit of a backlash from his interview around the vaccinations, uh, but dominated on the rugby field. He got man of the match. Sale, they get a mention in the good. They beat Bristol in a humdinger of a game. Uh, securing themselves the top four for the first time since they won the league in 2006, where Jim Hamilton scored a try in the final after it. the game was lost. After the game was lost. Um, hell of a game on Friday night. Defence was phenomenal. Manu's back. Alex Anderson at the helm. They're going to be a real threat towards the semi-finals and potentially the final. But the good this week, Jim, goes to your favourite team, the Harlequins. The Sarah, Harlequins. Oh, I watched it. The Harlequins, yeah. Harlequins as a club get the good this week. The men's team beat Bath to secure the first playoff spot for seven years in the semi-finals. So tip the slipper to them. But also the women's team, they beat Saracens in the Allianz Premier 15s final. It was a fluke. end, to end Saracens' dominance of that. I think they've won it the last three years, haven't they, Saris? Yeah, they have. And Quinn's won it comfortably. So the good this week goes to Harlequins as a rugby club as a whole. So well done them. Uh, the bad, Agen took 50 at home this week versus Racing and are now officially the worst ever team in the top 14's history uh, having secured only two losing bonus points all year horrific season lost every game and they're going to be the worst team in the history of the top 14 so they get mentioned the bad uh, what else was bad the Dragons I mean Luke Narraway just blame Naz losing 27-16 at home to Glasgow it's like Glasgow's third team as well wasn't it Jim no Glasgow alright I'm trying to be positive. Naz, sort it out, mate. The Dragons ain't breathing fire. They ain't no, breathing fire not. anymore. Certainly not. Um, what else was bad? Cameron Redpath, some bad news for Scottish rugby fans um, after bursting onto the scene in the Six Nations. Unfortunately, he's ruptured his ACL, uh, so he'll be out for the rest of 2021. You feel really bad for him, actually, um, because this time it's his right knee. He did his left knee a couple of years ago uh, in the ACL department as well. So he bounced back from that one. Now he's done his right knee. Serious, serious injuries for a young player full of talent. I just blame his dad, Brush, Brian Redpath, because he was too short. So it must be something to do with jeans and and cams too tall for Brian's body. What else is bad? Uh, Graham Hughes, the TMO. I'm going to put him in there. He must have been going for a long poo or just queuing at the ice cream van because he missed a few clear and obvious things uh, in the Northampton v Wasps game so we'll give him a mention in the bad Worcester you're getting a mention in the bad as well they lost again it was a much better performance but they've now lost 20 games on the spin that ain't good that's bad uh, 
The COVID outbreak at Gloucester Gym. That's bad news, isn't it? We hope everyone's okay, but that means their game is cancelled this weekend. But the bad, unfortunately, can only go to one team, one place, my old club, one of my many old teams, and it's unfortunately Newcastle Falcons. Who takes 74 points down at Exeter? Um, a bad day at the office. So, yeah, you just got to get the bad this week, Newcastle, unfortunately. Then the ugly, uh, only one bit of ugly this weekend, Damien McKenzie's tackle uh, on Tate McDermott for the Chiefs against the Queensland Reds. He jumps into the tackle, shoulders to the head, but it's not just about the tackle, it's about the reaction. So the pundits and Brad Webber, the skipper, just couldn't believe he'd been recorded. I'm like, what you on about? He's jumped into his, a tackle and ploughed his shoulder into the kid's head. It's a red all day long, boys. Yeah, they're still denied, denying, re-accusing. That is so 2006. Like, you know, you've got to evolve from that. Exactly. So the ugly this week goes to Damien McKenzie, the pundits and Brad Webber for their... Lack of understanding around the tackle law these days. Thanks, Goody. You've got a shout out to finish off with, don't you, Jim? Yes, I do. And I was going to say it's the season in terms of the summer of people doing great things uh, for charity, but it seems to be a continuation of some people doing amazing things, some amazing people doing amazing things. But this one's very good. Of course it is. It's called the Coast to Coast Challenge uh, in 24 hours. It's to raise money and awareness for a charity, Andrew, that's close to our heart. My name's Doddy Foundation. There's eight lads that are doing it. They're cycling, running, kayaking and walking 175 miles across the south of Scotland. So from west to east, they're mixing it up along the way. Uh, it's all to raise money and awareness for the My Name's Doddy Foundation. I know there's many people out there that have reached out to me that are doing similar things. But if you want to get behind this one, just go to justgiving.com fundraising forward slash coast to coast in 24 hours and you can show your support to them and the My Name's Doddy Foundation. And Goody, you've got one as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, looking forward to this myself as well, actually. So the Blue Light Cycling Club, which I've mentioned before, is... Uh, the cycling club dedicated to raising money for our blue light services. Uh, we've got a cycle tour of part of England this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, we're starting off at seven o'clock in the morning on Friday from Scotland Yard, uh, raising money for things like Cops Charity. Um, so wishing everyone, including myself, that's on this cycle trip for a few days, all the best. Are you Tell on the it? piles that. Yeah, I'm doing it, Jim. I'm doing it. I'm doing some of it. I uh, can't do it all because the ankle is still fucked, but I'm going to do it as much as I can. Uh, but some of them you. are doing four, four days, 80 miles a day at least. Um, and we get to go around Silverstone as well. So looking forward to that. The Blue Light Cycling Club for our Blue Light Services and raising money for the charities that support their families. Well, while we're talking about you, Andrew, let's talk about me quickly. And I'm giving myself a shout out. Me and FNL Mike. If anyone sees me on a bike from Edinburgh Castle down to somewhere in Northumberland, there's a castle down there, Hoxham, Hexham Castle or something like that. I'm doing 120 kilometres, remember, with a back spasm and a calf missing. So if anyone sees me, <laughs> give me a horn. Um, it's going to be disgraceful. There's like 2,000 metres ascendancy on the climb. I won't flinch. I'll probably be walking in my cleats. But there's a lot of people out there doing amazing things. So anyone who's reached out to myself, good, you know people reach out to you all the time. A big shout out to everyone who is doing amazing things. I'm basically talking about myself as well, Andrew. Look at me. I'm just so charitable. Oh, and yourself. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thank you, Tim. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and head on over to Spotify and we'll see you there. Rugby Spot. Spotted Pod, 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 Pod. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... 
Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. 